Same album, the same name, Pink Moon. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Adam Bigot here, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode number 17. I think I'm aware. Uh, just gonna, forgot to do this before, putting the old phone on silent. That's the old $30 Nokia with no internet on it. Ha ha! Love it. Um, lovely, lovely day here in Melbourne. I've been sitting out on my terrace having some uh, lunch and a glass of white wine. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, thank God. I think it must be in the 20s Celsius, that is. So I don't know what that is in the Fahrenheit. But um, just really lovely to be outside. Um, Going to start off with shout-outs this week. Got to do a shout-out to Aaron Cleary Cappy. Um, my last two episodes of the podcast, he's uh, graciously linked to <clears throat> from his blog and um and it's a really for me it's really nice because um i'm 100 percent sure that the old cappy don't do no charity pretty pretty sure about that uh sure as i can be about something um so he's not throwing me a bone for charity there he's doing it because he likes what he's hearing um which is great so this is um, chuggling along and getting some more people following me. If you're not following me already, follow me, you fucks. Uh, if you are following me, good on you. You have taste. You have taste. You have um, that rare ability to filter out the rubbish and get to the gold, get to the gem, get to the sapphire, the glittering emerald there. That's me, by the way. You can think of me as your own personal emerald. 
Um, I like sapphires. They're blue. I like emeralds. They're green. They're my favourite colours. Blue and green. Um, my first book colour was cover was green. My next book cover is going to be blue. Cover's almost done. Should be with me today, hopefully. Books coming out after the fifteenth of September because I have to go away for a few days. So next week, this podcast is going to be a day or so late. Right, keep that in mind before you start going off the deep end. Um, and um, yeah, so the book won't the book won't be out before then. I don't want to. Um, I, I the plan was to have a book out this week, but I don't want to release the book and then go be out of internet action for five or six days. I just can't do it. Um, so I've had to put it off. But you know. Mid-September, okay. Um, I have the uh, new blurb for the book here on my blog. Uh, Not written by me, written by friend, Joe. Uh, Did a great job on it. Uh, I'm not good at self-promotion. I really, self-marketing, that sort of thing. I just, I kind of like, I'm always like, just, uh." if it's someone else that I'm doing it for, fine. Absolutely fine, but it's for myself. I just get uh, just my I don't know self-deprecating. I don't know. Anyway, run guts, pull cones. Here's the blurb that Joe came up with: Returning home broke after six years of adventure abroad, Adam Pickett finds himself cast adrift. His friends aren't interested in his stories of witch doctors on white water, and he's working a dead end job just to make ends meet. Until a chance encounter at a restaurant and a frank talk from a friend force him to the realisation that being a man isn't about having one unique experience and coming home. It's about living for adventure and growing as a man. Hijinks and mayhem ensure as the gentleman adventurer, that's me, sets off for new horizons and a new challenge, forging bonds of brotherhood on the rivers of the Italian Alps. That's pretty good, isn't it? Doesn't that make you just want to go out and buy the fucking thing? Um, I sent it so far... The only people who have read it are my editor, Stephen, my two proofreaders, Joe and Jonathan, and I did send a copy through to one of the guys uh, who features prominently as a character in the book, and he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He loved the first book, but he uh, he really, really loved this one. So um, I'm not going to say I got high hopes for it because, you know, you never know in this world, but uh, I'm... Um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty excited to get this one out here, and I'm pretty excited to do it with. Um, the first book I released, I had a lot of uh, support on Two Plus Two, um, Forum.com, the Poker Forum, Internet Poker Forum, and a lot of book sales came from the guys who've been following me there uh, on the story of getting this book published for six or seven years. But with this release, I've got that plus my blog, plus the podcast, um, plus the readership that I've built up. So. I'm kind of excited about getting this one out. I'm pissed off that I have to, in a way, that I have to go away for a few days, but uh, something's come up, I have to do it. There's nothing to be done there. Um, So there we go. That's all of the um, bits and bits and stuff. So yeah, shout out to Aaron for mentioning the podcast, and he sponsors this podcast as well, so check him out at Captain Capitalism. He's got a new book, Reconnaissance Man. I've heard it's doing okay. That's what you want. Um... And I, like I said, I like it that that Aaron's uh, um, giving me some shout-outs and some links here and, and getting the listenership up um, because he wouldn't do that if he if he didn't 
think it was good. And that's what I like about actually this corner of the internet. I mean, I take Matt Forney. Matt um, reviewed one of Aaron's last book, Curse of the IQ, and it wasn't a positive review. Uh, Matt Matt uh, said there were some things he didn't like about the book. There were some things he did, but there were some things he definitely didn't like. And he put it out there, and that's great, you know. Um, I'm sure Aaron used that as impetus to improve, um, as all constructive criticism, good constructive criticism you should be able to do, should be able to hear it. But it was also really great on Matt Forney to be honest about that, which which tells me you can read his stuff and know that he's not just plugging it for the sake of plugging it. And that's uh, and that that builds trust in a in a, an audience. And that's what we want. Because there's so much mistrust out there. There's so much um, uh, propaganda and, and baseless lies um, propagated as truth from the mainstream media. So you guys come and listen to us for a reason because you're not satisfied with what you're getting in other places. So, you know, it's our job to lay it on the line. And uh, I'm going to lay it on the line this week. So this is the unicorn episode. The unicorn episode, what's that, you might ask? Well, um, a unicorn, you might have, and you can you can search for it on the internet, but you might have seen a, um, a YouTube video that's been out for a couple of years. Um, it's called The Hot Crazy Matrix, and I've linked to it on my blog before. And it's, it's a guy on a whiteboard, and he's, he's talking about how, uh, I've spoken about this on the podcast as well, like uh, all women are crazy to a certain point, and then it's, it's their hotness factor, um, uh, combined with their craziness factor, how crazy they are, that, that leads you to determine whether they're a good fit, fit for you or not. And and at the end of the video, he's asked by the guy who's 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 doing it with him, uh, what about hot women that aren't crazy? And then he's got a box down on the right-hand corner of the graph, bottom right-hand corner, um, that, that, that he reserves for unicorns, and that's hot women who aren't crazy. Um, in other words, unicorn is a creature that doesn't exist. Um, I think unicorns are a. I think that's a great term actually, and I and I'm, I hope it catches on, um, for, um, for what I want to talk about this week, which is, uh, women that you want to um, that you want to, devote serious time to. Uh, we call them unicorns. Um, I wrote a blog post this week called the type of woman you want to marry. I could have, I could have, probably a better title for the, the blog post. Thinking about it, would have would have been just unicorns, um, because that's the type of woman that you want to marry. You want to find a unicorn, uh, and they are out there. Um, I'd say my wife is a unicorn, obviously, because I'm married to her. Um, I'd say in my life, I've met. And I've known a fair few women in my time. Um, I can count them on one hand. I can count them on one hand, the unicorns that I met. Um, In my first book, I speak about a unicorn. Um, And I think I speak about a couple of unicorns in my first book. Uh, there was a Danish girl that I was, I wasn't seeing. I was just um, fooling around with, um, and I let her go. But on reflection, 
uh, I'm pretty certain she was a unicorn as well. And I think the Nordic countries, uh, you got a good chance. Nordic, East Europe, as there is there, you got a good chance of finding a unicorn. And unicorns are rare. Um, and the topic of this post is going to be um, how how you spot one. What are the attributes of a, of a unicorn? Because women, as I said last week, um, or the week before in the women's episode, uh, they, they put on a, they put on a great front a lot of the time. Um, not all the time, but a lot of the time they're able to for the first six or eight weeks of a of of use of, of relationship of you seeing them to put on a mask of who they actually are before it all starts to slip. But by then, normally you're in too deep. Uh, the average guy, uh, and he's left in a bit of peril at that point on. I mean, I've been in relationships where, you know, after a couple of months, I realised that maybe this wasn't the right thing, and it took me a lot longer than that to extricate myself, uh, just because I was inexperienced, immature, and um, not understanding what is reasonable for someone to put up with in a relationship, as in bad behaviour from the other person. Yeah, I thought that maybe this was what you had to do in a relationship. And, I, and to be brutally honest here, it's not that my parents gave me a great baseline to work from. They were divorced when I was 13. Um, so it can be very common to look at relationship or be in a relationship and your partner's behaving badly and try to figure out what you've done wrong, um, how you can fix this, um, all this sorts of stuff. But for the vast majority of cases, if someone's behaving badly in a relationship, it's very it's a very simple situation and you don't have to colour it with complexity or psychoanalyse the whole situation. If someone's behaving badly, it's because they're behaving badly. And your reaction to that um, should be that you won't put up with it. So you give them a chance to fix their behaviour and if they don't, there's a the door. It's a good thing to do. But I've spoken about that before. Uh, what I want to talk about now is you're... And so, well, actually, that is important because um, if you meet a unicorn that you're inexperienced in relationships and, quite frankly, immature, then either you won't recognise and appreciate that you've stumbled across a unicorn... Um, or even if you did, you probably wouldn't know how to behave in order to keep her. I think for the majority of men, and these are always generalisations, there are always going to be exceptions to the rule. They don't automatically assume every time that you're the exception. But I think for the majority of men, you're not going to nail a unicorn down if you meet her if you're under the age of 30. I just don't think it's generally possible because you in today's society you haven't got to the to the point where you can really be mature as a man now don't forget in generations past men matured or people matured much more quickly and a 19 or 20 year old i mean a 19 or 20 year old of three or four generations ago would be worth 35 year old today your average 35 year old man i find that guys who grew up in the countryside on farms and that sort of thing tend to be better at this this sort of thing so the rule but if you average your average city joe 
um, you're going to need some more time out there in the wilderness to sort yourself out before you're going to be able to attract a unicorn. So let's look at the qualities of a unicorn. And I'll go through the posts I did this week because uh, I have heard that from a few people that they like to listen to the stuff rather than reading it. Um, by the way, writing for me clarifies my thoughts. That's how I'm able to get this through. And this post I did this week um, on on choosing a, a, a wife, a woman as a wife, spotting a, a good one, um, was a real um, chrysalis moment for me in that a whole bunch of stuff that I'd been pondering over for very many years all came together in a rush and it all came out in literally 20 minutes when I wrote it and I sat back and looked at it and went, wow, yeah, that's not wow as in I'm, I'm amazing, but wow as in, yeah, wow, that's it, that's it. It was that real light bulb moment. Um, and that's the great thing about having a blog where you can just get that out. And it's been probably one of the most disseminated posts I've done um, it's been linked all through Facebook and it's been absolutely smashed on the blog. Um, very few comments on it, uh, which is interesting. But I think if something's there that's right, you don't really need to comment on it for the most part. And I think this is right. If you think it's wrong, comment on it. Let me know. I'm not saying I'm God's gift to blog posting on chicks or anything like that. There's plenty of people out there better than me. But this was a breakthrough that I had. And I got it from um, a post over at PA. Um, PA's on my blog roll. And he linked back to a comment uh, on Alpha Game Plan, Vox Day's Manosphere blog. Uh, it was a comment on another post there that someone had written the six points of uh, what they consider... Um, a marriageable girl to exist, and the 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 the, the context to it was: uh, Can you find a marriageable girl in a feminist society? Um, and the commenter's answer at Alpha Game was yes, and he had these six points. Uh, so these were the six points to identify um, a marriageable girl, so a unicorn, in other words. So point number one: She has few or no real girlfriends. Point number two, she's never in the middle of girl drama. Uh, point number three, she never induces white knighting urges on the part of men. And we'll go through these individually because you, you might not know what some of this terminology like white knighting means. Number four, she clearly prefers the company of men as friends. Uh, number five, she sticks with one romantic interest and doesn't flirt with other men. And number six, she desires a traditional life, though he says he's guessing on this one. Lifetime husband, kids' house, white picket fence, dog, and structures her life to that goal. So I agree with some of it. I disagree with other parts of it. But it's great because it got me thinking in a certain direction about it. And because of this, I was able to come up with my own um, um, take on it. So let's go through and just go through the ones we agree with first, or I agree with. So point number two, she's never in the middle of girl drama. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Um, a woman that does the girl drama thing, uh, you, you're going to have drama in your relationships. And drama means stress and up and downs. And your house, your home, your home, not your house, your home needs to be a refuge from the stress of the outside world. If you go home and your house is just as, if not more stressful than the outside world, then that's not a home. It's like a battleground uh, that you're paying rent on or a mortgage. So 
Um, she's never in the middle of girl drama. Wow. Right up there at the top. Number three, she never induces white knighting urges. So white knighting is when a guy um, goes into battle for a girl in an effort to impress her um, with an ultimate aim of trying to sleep with her. Um, he'd rather try and be courageous by beating his chest against men who are um, disrespecting her in inverted commas, maybe by disagreeing with what she says. So the girl says something ridiculous at a party and good old Uncle Adam's there and goes, well, you're an idiot for saying that. The white knight will beat his chest and stand up and you can't say that to her. He's doing that solely because he wants to sleep with her, but he hasn't got the courage enough to do that um, directly. And he's hoping that she'll go, wow, you're my champion. Well, that's white knighting. So a girl that puts up with white knighting urges um, is a girl that um, manipulates men. And that's not someone that you want to um, devote your life uh, with either. So that's absolutely true. Number five, she sticks with one romantic interest and doesn't flirt with other men. Yep. Yep. Um, and and I can s definitely say that from um, the unicorns that I have known in my life. Uh, it really does stand out, actually. Um these women are um, gracious is the best way. I'm, I'm not going to say beautiful because they might not be beautiful, but gracious uh, in, in social company and um, very polite, but never in a million years um, flirting or leading other men on, whether in front of their husband or not in front of their husband or partner. It's just, it just, wouldn't, just doesn't happen. And uh, I, can, I can definitely say that that's a, uh, a trait of the unicorn in this sense. Uh, number six, the desiring a traditional life, a lifetime husband, well, that, that goes with number five. So they're, they're extremely loyal. And uh, we'll get to your job as a husband on that one. So agreeing with number two, she's never in the middle of girl drama. Number three, she never induces white knighting urges. Number five, she sticks with one romantic interest, doesn't flirt with other men. And number six, she desires a tr traditional life, lifetime husband, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so number four, she clearly prefers the company of men as friends. This um, is wrong um, because it's directly um, at opposite with number three. She never induces white knighting urges. The thing is, is that any guy that's friends with a girl, friends, um, is, has his ultimate goal of trying to sleep with her, but is um, he can't go about it directly because he lacks the guts or the courage or whatever. Okay, So if a girl has friends who are guys, she knows this on an intrinsic level, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. She knows. So by default of a girl having guys as friends she's inducing white knighting urges right there so the the two the two don't go together you can't you can't have one and then the other all right so if she is not the type of girl to induce white knighting urges then she's not the type of girl to have guys as friends all right acquaintances fine social friends sure but not friends that's really, really important. And I have gone on the record before as saying that guys and girls can never be friends. Um, 
And there are a few reasons for this. Guys want different things. They base their friendships on doing stuff together, whereas girls base friendship on emotions and feelings, i.e. drama. Um, women also see other women as competitors uh, in a sexual uh, marketplace. So even women very rarely have genuine friendships. They'll have friendships as what they consider to be a friendship, but not as what men would consider to be friendships. They're just, they're just not the same thing. And you, girls, you might be, women might be listening to this right now and vehemently disagreeing. And I'm not saying that you don't have friendships. All I'm saying is you don't have friendships as the same definition of what men consider friendships. They're two different things. So number four, um, definitely uh, not the case at all. So she clearly prefers the company of men as friends. Wrong. She does not. Apart from her husband, but we'll get to that. So let's go to number one. This is the last one to have a look at. She has few or no real girlfriends. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, first thing to look at here, there's two ways to look at this. First of all is um, there are women, like there are men. There are women who other women intrinsically um, on a primal level don't trust. As soon as, let's say it's a social occasion, you're out you know, with some sort of a large group of people, um, this woman enters, the other women will be icily polite to her, icily polite. They'll be very, very polite, but they'll be very standoffish. And that's because you have a man-eater in your midst, a she-devil, a bad apple. Uh, and they're out there, just like there are bad men, there are very bad women as well. So... Uh, women, other women will not be friends uh, with this woman in a pink fit. Um, they will. Um, it's actually. Let me get the book. Let me get the book. Let me get the book. Where is it? Um, I should have prepared this earlier. My apologies. Um, I should have. Should have prepared this earlier. Let's have a look. Okay. Um, I won't be able to find it. Damn. Okay. Um, I'll talk about that in a future podcast. But it was just in that book. There's a um, there's a definition of this type of woman that I'm that I'm talking about um, that uh, other women just don't trust. It's a great definition. It's a it's a novel by John D. Macdonald called Bright Orange for the Shroud. Um, but that's okay. Suffice to say, you, you, you probably know the type of person I'm talking about. And it's the same with men. Um, when a man who's a very bad egg comes into a social setting with another group of men, the men know it. They can't, they can't put their finger on it. They can't pinpoint what the problem is, but there's an issue. And other women are same with bad women. The women won't be able to pinpoint the issue with the bad man, though, and vice versa. So if you're trying to work out whether a woman is a bad apple, someone you do not want to be a man-eater, someone you do not want to be involved with, a sociopath is what I'm talking about here, a complete sociopath, uh, look at how other women relate and react to her in a, in a social setting. And that's the best measurement tool you can use for working this out. So, so with this, this rule... Uh, she has no, she has few or no real girlfriends. If she's a sociopath, well, that's definitely true. That's the first point. The next point, though, she has fewer tr- 
true real girlfriends is much more interesting and this for me was the big breakthrough here so a unicorn in other words a top quality woman a marriageable woman um, she'll be very well liked by the women on a social sense uh, she'll fit into these groups seamlessly um, she'll be very naturally chatty and uh, exuberant and outgoing uh, and all of these things and the other girls will just love her they'll just love her and they'll invite her to this and invite her to that um, but so she'll have a big social circle she'll have a big social network but as far as close friends who are girls go our unicorn our marriageable woman won't have them or will very rarely have them and generally there are the unicorns the reason that she doesn't have close female friends is due to the associated drama so if we look back at at number two she's never in the middle of girl drama well she's never in the middle of girl drama then it's very hard for her to have friends who are girls and we're talking about close friends here she'll have a social group but she won't have close friends who are girls because she doesn't want all the girl drama i mean let, let, let's think of a classic group of close friends in media and i think the best one that comes to mind for me is sex in the city and the four four women in that this is one drama after another in fact the main female one there i think it's carrie or something whatever the main one's called um is is a complete fruit loop and you look at her relationship with mr big and by the way i've watched this um out of professional interest and also because uh my wife likes watching them for some reason. Um, and there was an episode I watched the other week. I was sitting on the couch. And basically everything was going perfectly with her relationship with this guy who's called Mr. Big. And because it was all going perfectly, she flipped out. And I just turned to my wife and I said, she's a nut job. She's a total, absolute nut job. And my wife said to me, yeah, yeah, most girls are like that. I, and I think she likes, she finds it fascinating as well. So all of those girls in the middle of girl drama all the time, between each other, and they feed off each other's drama. You don't want that drama in your life as a guy on a long-term basis. I mean, even on a short-term basis. On a short-term basis, it's good because the sex is often very good, but it's just not worth it on a long-term basis. All you're doing is putting out fires, one after another, you know, and you find that anything you say, Anything you say, if it can be taken one of two ways, it's always taken in the negative ways, if, as if you meant it that way. And you find yourself continually on the defensive time and time and time again. And it is fucking exhausting. I've been there so many times. And when you get to a relationship where you don't have to explain yourself all the time, where your other half naturally assumes that you actually want positive things for her, and she assumes the positive aspect instead of the negative thing, whatever thing you're saying wow i mean that's really really great so that's what a unicorn does so as i said in my post um your top quality marriageable woman i'm just going to read from it um your unicorn in other words um while she's very sociable in a group setting and she'll have many outlets for going out with the girls in her private life, she will be very much alone. She won't have friends who are guys because she doesn't lead men on with a white knighting. She probably doesn't have any friends who are girls because she doesn't want the drama. So in other words, there's a high probability that your unicorn 
won't have any close friends at all. Um, she'll either live at home with her parents still, or she'll live alone uh, in her own apartment. And she is open for one very close friend, and that's the guy who comes along who is lucky enough to nail her down and stick a ring on her finger. I asked my wife to marry me about eight weeks after meeting her. We got married a year after that, but I asked her to marry me eight weeks after I met her. Uh, I was 30, 30, 36, 37, I think, 37. Um, and I had been against marriage all my life up to this point, but she was she was she's about eight years younger than me so and I've, I've spoken to my wife about this and said it's really lucky that i met you at the time that i did and that you met me at the time you did i'd say maybe three years earlier and i don't think it would have been a lock for me because i needed to get some stuff out of my system but i dealt with that stuff and guys what I'm trying to say is you can recognize a unicorn as much as you want, but you're not going to be able to stick a ring on a finger if you're, if you're not a man, if you haven't done your own journey. If you want motivation to do the hard work to become a man, and that doesn't mean discovering yourself. That's all wank. Girls discover themselves. Men create themselves. If you want the motivation to get out there and become a man, this should be your primary motivation. That the ultimate reward for becoming a man is that unicorns will recognise it. And they'll and they'll devote themselves to you and they'll be you'll be their best friend and they'll be hundred percent loyal to you. And your job from that point on is to not fuck it up. They're not going to try and change you. They don't want to change you. They want you just for who you are. And a couple of my friends are in relationships with unicorns as well, have married unicorns. And I speak to them and speaking with my friends who are married to unicorns and communicating about, about, about our wives is... Comp- I've got... Let me see. One... One, two, three. I can think of three guys. When I speak to them about it and the way we communicate, it's completely different to anyone else. Completely different. Um, and this should be your ultimate motivation. You still have to get lucky. You still have to meet her at the right time. Um, she has to recognise uh, in you. And this is why you stay single, guys. Uh, you can have, you can have. Look, before I met my wife, I had a bunch of girls, lots, lots of, lots of plates that I was spinning, as Rollo defines it, at the same time. But I hadn't committed myself to anyone because it's, the thing is, if you meet a unicorn, and you've already committed to someone else who isn't one, but you're just killing time with them until someone good comes along, a unicorn's not going to put up with you dumping them. And then going with her because she'll recognize that you're not loyal. So how is she going to be loyal to you? 
How does she know that you didn't say the same things as the girl that you just left for her? So by committing to a person that you don't intend to be with for the rest of your life, you're you're not only wasting each other's time, what you're doing is you're taking yourself out of the unicorn market. You can only be in the unicorn market if you're not committed, outwardly committed. Right? You have to be available. So spin as many plates as you want. Have as, have, as, have as many girls on the go as you want. Live the bachelor life. But by doing that, um, you're able to be available for when you need to be available. It's also not fair on women um, to be in a relationship with them when you know deep down that this is just, this is fine for the moment, but it's not who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And the reason why it's not fair for women for you to do this is because their window is so small. Chicks only have a small window of their sexual market value. Once they hit 31, 32, let's say maybe 33, the downhill trend tends to accelerate. And if you've just been with them and leading them on, you're doing them a huge disservice as well. Free them up. Um, that might, you know, cause lots of pain and tears and bitter recriminations you know, and all that sort of thing. But it's the honourable thing to do, and a man is honourable. You might think to yourself, well, how can having a whole bunch of girlfriends on the go be honourable? Because you don't, you don't promise promise them anything that 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 you're not going to give them. So look, hey. I'm not after a permanent relationship right now, but if you want to kill time with me on the side here and there, go for your life. Personally, myself, I don't, I don't, I'd never do that with, or I never did that with uh, anyone who was married that I knew about. A couple of times, they were married, but they'd never told me. Um, and I think, I think that's a karma thing. If you're underlying other people's marriages, sorry, if you're undermining other people's marriages. Um, even if the woman was going to do it anyway, then it's not great karma points for your own. So keep that in mind as well. So to sum up, unicorns. She has few or no real girlfriends. True. For the reasons I've stated. She's never in the middle of girl drama. Yes, because she has few, and that's why she has few or no real girlfriends. She never induces white nighting urges. Correct, which means she doesn't prefer the company of men as friends. She doesn't have men as friends either, specifically for number three. She sticks with one romantic interest and doesn't flirt with other men. And she desires a traditional life and she'll be very, very loyal to you. But most of all, and it wasn't mentioned, and I mentioned this before in one of my earlier podcasts, which was probably my most popular one, she's an adult. She's not a, she's not a, um, she's not a uh, adult in diapers. Um, and if she's doing no girl drama, then chances are she's not an adult. So there you go. There's the unicorn episode. You use this men out there, young men listening, and even older men, because it's never too late, usually. Use this as an incentive and motivation to drive you to get out there and forge an identity as a man. Um, 
because then by doing that, the ultimate reward is you get lucky and find yourself a unicorn. You can do it. It is possible. Okay. So, um, that's Pushing Rubber Podcast for this week. Number 17. Um, click on the link on the side. You can get to my blog and you can read the, um, the post that I did about this topic, um, which is called The Type of Woman You Want to Marry. I did it on Sunday. Um, check out my book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, which is the story of you know, how I forged an identity as a man by becoming a whitewater rafting guide and rafting in exotic places like Uganda and Canada and Italy and Australia and all the rest of it. Um, follow this podcast. You can follow my blog. New book out, third week of September, um, Run Guts, Pull Cones. Um, and uh, stay groovy until next week. And like I said, next week, um, the next week's episode will be just a day or so late. So be good kitties, um, and I'll talk to you next week.